Um, James, do you mind just sending me that doc again? I'm just trying Where to find it in the... Uh... Brandon. Oh, yeah. wait, I got it. Are we recording? <laughs> <laughs> we are. are We're we on. on. Ah! From Cardano right. Summit to Infinity, oh my bad. <laughs> Alright, so welcome ladies and gentlemen, members of the decentralized movement. Uh, we are here today with myself, Tashoma Bellini, we've got Sydney Nicholas, James Dunzeef, and Joshua Akpan. Should we uh, just go around in a circle, start with Sydney? Alright, cool, sounds good happy to be here first of all especially with these guys because they're brilliant um how i ended up here um i uh, actually started off uh, a long time ago for me i think when the internet because i was around when the internet first got started and um and i knew at that time that because back then they had um basically democratized information and i knew at that time that the internet wouldn't grow until they figured out a way to exchange value across the internet and then that's when kind of the banks, the, eventually the banks started to get involved and, you know, to allow us to do transactions across the internet. But even back then, there were a lot of projects out there were, that were trying to figure out digital currency. Um, you know, you know, move forward, you know, 20, probably 2012, 2013, 2014, I was looking into projects. And then finally in 2014, 2015, I, uh, I bought a little, just a tiny bit of Bitcoin and a tiny bit of uh of Ethereum, uh, more Ethereum, and uh, this was in 2015. And uh, my my Ethereum went way up, and um, uh, it it just um, it uh, it made me think about what was going on, and uh, uh, and then that's when I really kind of got started in the blockchain space. My background in general is as a, a marketing analyst, and then I've also done some some uh, self-development kind of work. I was trained in uh, NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, and I've always been about, you know, just kind of helping people out and figuring out a way that we can, um, you know, kind of improve our future. Um, so that brought me into the, <clears throat> eventually brought me into the cryptocurrency space, you know, seeing the opportunity there. And then as I looked around in the cryptocurrency space, um, I found Cardano and, at that time in like 2017-ish, when the market went way up, um, uh, I started to explore Cardano. They seemed like they had the right way to approach building anything, uh, cryptocurrency project, you know, specifically, and followed them for the next couple of years. And here we are today. And I think Cardano, hands down, is the best project out there. So that's kind of what brought me here today. Nice. Um, so I, I think I think we skipped out a bit as well, right? So uh, I think we all met at the Cardano Summit, um, which happened a few weeks ago. And I saw Sydney pop up in the messages <laughs> like, hey, is anyone interested in uh, Africa? Are there any black people in here? And I was like, me, me, me. <laughs> so that's how, we all, that's how we all ended up here. Um, just a bit about my story. Um, I started in cryptocurrency at university actually back in like 2011 probably when bitcoin was like in its early days um <clears throat> there's a, a few of my friends like they were using like uh silk road and stuff and that's how i became introduced to bitcoin but i just saw it as like a i thought it was interesting but i never saw it as an investment until i saw it go up in price and then i was like oh shit i'm late to the party and um then I started to look for this, the, the next best thing. So I went from Litecoin, 
jumped onto I was I was even trading like peer coin at one time and then uh and then I heard about Ethereum and um Vitalik Buterin um the idea of smart contracts and Nick Starbo and that just completely captured my imagination because um after that it wasn't just some like magic internet money that you could use to buy drugs online it was an actual um movement that could potentially completely disintermediate the biggest industry on the planet which is our financial monetary system so i was like wow um i invested as much money as i could at the time i was i was pretty broke but um from the money that i made probably like you know a year after a year after the ico um from 30 cents to 14 dollars it was able to like you know pay for my filming equipment allow me to travel meet new people do courses um it just really like opened my world um and then uh yeah like uh, that money ran out <laughs> and then i um i started to look for the next best thing again and i ended up at cardano and uh uh one of the things that really took me with cardano was firstly their approach I remember when Ethereum first started it was kind of like a rush to see which blockchain could be the first to launch smart contracts and there were like loads of other projects at the time I think uh, Mastercoin was one of them and they were planning to build on top of the the Bitcoin blockchain um but Ethereum got there first and you know the rest is history but I feel that those initial decisions that they made to kind of uh be the first mover in the market is probably going to come back and bite them in the ass and uh Cardano's approach their scientific methodical peer reviewed approach I think is one that's going to win the day and uh you know as soon as I found out that they're actually focusing on Africa um you know being one of the <clears throat> the biggest uh what, what can I say frontiers for crypto banking in general because there's so many people that are unbanked um you know that was something and obviously being of afro descent as well that it really kind of took to me so i actually joined the summit looking for other black people that were <laughs> interested and i came across sydney i came across my guy james who's all about the movement as well and joshua um for proof of africa like uh james joshua do you want to like before i tell everything about your stories <laughs> <laughs> You want me to go at it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um hi, I'm Joshua Ackman. Uh <laughs> I'm the original way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so um I got involved uh with, with cryptocurrency um way back 2017, but I already knew about it in 2016 because uh, of like outbreak of Ponzi schemes in Nigeria. <laughs> so there was this ponzi scheme called i'm not going to mention the name but yeah it, it was like outrageous it was everywhere and um so one of like their um cash out um payment method was this was bitcoin so everybody was talking about bitcoin and i was like what is this bitcoin i want to know about bitcoin and from then on i started uh you know uh studying bitcoin just to understand it more but you know it didn't really pick my interest until bitcoin actually you know um started rising and it was going up and people were talking more about it and 
I started doing more research and I made my first um, investment in crypto. Uh, it was uh, an ICO electronium. So I had like $10. It was like my last money. After that money, I was probably just going to die or something. <laughs> so I just said, okay, let me, let me just invest this money and see what happens. And it, I was crossing my finger. I was hoping it's not a scam because <laughs> I didn't even know what ICOs were or anything. So I invested it and then, you know, surely uh, Electronium was, it did actually good. So I made some profit and then Bitcoin skyrocketed and I was like, yep, this is where I have to be. <laughs> so <laughs> from then on, I started doing more research because I said I was, I would go on um, CoinMarketCap, uh, the website, and then I'll click on like top 100 uh, cryptocurrencies and just look at their white papers and just try to see what's the difference where like between between all these cryptocurrencies why why are they making more cryptocurrencies so what's the difference so from then on i was reading white papers and then cardano just stood out and um you know from then on i started you know i was just very fascinated by cardano so they want to do this and solve this and it was really 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 cool so i um started teaching my friends about it you know i would just call them up and you know get the hall rent the place <laughs> And it was crazy. It was, it was, it was insane. <laughs> I was write the place and I'll, I'll buy like snacks for them so they can just listen. And then I'll make them like write reviews on papers on Cardano. Let's look and talk about interoperability or I'll tell them talk about um, scalability. Just write something, just do some research and I'll pay them with like the money I got from that investment I made. I bought Cardano with. So I'll pay them in ADA just so they can interact with Ada. So, you know, that's how I started. And then I posted, I posted pictures of like my meetup on, on the forum. It's still there, you can still check it out, my first and second meetup. And, you know, I was made an ambassador. And, you know, then last year I met Max, he's also an ambassador. And we started POA and fast forward, you know, this year we had the summit and uh, I was selected to, you know, to speak. and. You know that's 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 my journey. <laughs> Amazing. And James, that, that presentation was one of the highlights of the of the whole event. But what a good couple of days that was. Um, so we, uh, we 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 were chatting on Slack this afternoon about whether or not we were all going to talk about Cardano or not. And it seems like everybody has so far. So I guess I should too. Um, but um, I, I've been a, an educator for my whole adult life. I've been a high school math teacher. And, and these days I support teachers who are still in the classroom. Um, but I've always loved interesting mathematical and computer science ideas, always been following curiously. I've never invested in Bitcoin, but I was always curious about it and what was going on. And I didn't become an investor until 2017, like a lot of people when I first heard this idea of smart contracts. And as much as Bitcoin was kind of a cool thing to think about, the moment I heard about smart contracts, I was like, wait a minute, like that's, that's gonna change everything. And so we spent the last you know, three plus years kind of watching smart contracts come to maturity. We've seen some of them work out. We've seen Ethereum do well enough, um, but all along, even then in 2017, seeing Charles talk about, uh, hey, here's some of the limitations of what exists so far. 
and here's what he and his team propose doing about it. Um, I, I, was, I was hooked immediately. I said, okay, well, I'm gonna follow that project. I've, uh, I've followed and, and become interested in plenty of failed projects over the last three years, um, but I've gradually become more convinced like, hey, like this is, this is one that has a lot more going for it than just being some blockchain investment. Um, and so it's, it's just so exciting to A, have met you guys at the summit and B, to like see right before our eyes how everything is just starting to roll out um, and, and thinking about, you know, we got to tell the world about this. We got we to gotta let people know as this comes out and, and kind of show people um, what the potential of all that is. Nice. Cool. <clears throat> so, what shall we talk about today? <laughs> I think you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, <laughs> we'll get going on it. <laughs> you throw it out there, we'll take it and run. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Cardano and Africa. All right. So, um, looking at Charles Hoskinson's um, strategy and plan to penetrate Africa, like what, what do you think are going to be the main obstacles and how, I mean, all right, no, first things first, actually, because, you know, I talked to, I talked to a lot of people about this, et cetera. And some people are very suspicious. They don't really understand cryptocurrency. And when I tell them, yeah, Cardano, you know, they're targeting Africa, they just see it as like another outside entity trying to colonize Africa. Um, you know, Joshua, like, how do you feel about this? Like, being from Nigeria yourself? Um, this is like one of the first time where, um, you know, like, there's something as innovative as, you know, like blockchain technology. And then uh, you find out that we are, uh, we know about it as it is happening. You know, it's not like something we found out later. So, it's very interesting, like the perfect time for us. We can learn about it. We have access to the internet when a revolutionary, uh, revolutionary technology as Bitcoin, I mean, as blockchain technology is, you know, uh, should I say, uh, developing and taking shape. So we, uh, I think I'm excited about it because we have the opportunity to learn with the rest of the world and actually, you know, integrate and onboard ourselves on this technology. So. Overall, I'm very, very excited about it. I'm happy that, you know, like uh, the youths are excited about it and they're actually exploring it as well. And I have the opportunity to play a part in it. So for sure, I'm open, very open about this and I'm ready to, you know, teach and, you know, create more awareness about this. Cool. You mentioned the acronym POA, but for people who have not heard about that, can you talk about what POA is? Okay, so POA is uh, Proof of Africa. Proof of Africa is a stake pool um, that um, is representing Africa in um, helping to, you know, create uh, more awareness of um, cryptocurrency, especially Cardano and blockchain technology, and also um, heavily involved in. Uh, so it's a stake pool powered adoption driver, basically. So uh, we uh, we are a stake pool first of all, and then. We're trying to use um, our funds that you know has been generated from stakeholder to power adoption by you know foster uh, you know taking 
part in like education and holding meetups and creating guides for Africans. So that's what PA is in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to jump in there too regarding <clears throat> because regarding the colonization because that's that's an issue that I mean that's something that Africa is trying to extract right now, right? Is is the legacy of colonization <clears throat> because um, we were talking about this earlier about the the um, corruption of the governments. Um, although there's not a lot of talk about um, like how those factions were created and mm -hmm. what's 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 contributing to keeping that corruption in place because um, I do believe that there are forces that know and understand that if you keep you know Africa divided in a sense um, that um, it's easier to um, to extract uh, wealth from from the continent um, and that's just I mean <laughs> I'm, I'm not being you know uh, um, you know Consp you know, conspiratorial. There's something you can <clears throat> you can know, see in history. Yeah, right. It's it's there. Um, one thing that's really exciting about blockchain, <clears throat> specifically, you know, Cardano and any other chain, really for that matter, um, or decentralized chain, is that um, even though you know Cardano Foundation and IOHK and Emergo have contributed to the development of the chain we own it. There's no one that owns the chain, you know, so there can't be one entity that says we're going to go in and cause this or make this happen. So it's really, I mean, IOH, IOH, IOHK and, and Cardano Foundation, I'm not sure where Emergo is in it, um, but they can have organizations on the continent or in Africa, although they don't control uh, the chain, you know, we control the chain. So that, that makes it even that much more, I think, powerful that this new technology, which brings um, trust and transparency and um, efficiency to our social and economic order is now available for, for anybody and everybody to kind of jump on board and, 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 you know, and give their, their input and kind of move it in a certain direction. So it's not controlled by anybody. So that's, that's the good thing that it's, you know, I think that it's, you know, you know, just those fears about, you know, new people coming in and, you know, mucking things up. I think that's something that is alleviated some, in some sense by the nature of the technology. Mm. And, um, I'd be interested to know like how you guys see this space evolving and interacting with government. Um, do you think it's going to be, I mean, we can see how it was in the U S initially, they were very against it. Um, there was talk about banning it. Uh, we can see Russia's banned crypto recently. I think they've banned it last week. Um, China has gone back and forth on, uh, <laughs> banning it and releasing it. Um, so, in terms of uh, blockchain in Africa now, I mean, we have the new eco-currency being launched in Nigeria. Um, that's supposed to be distributed around the whole of West Africa. But yet still, we're saying uh, the government itself is corrupted. Does that mean that the eco-currency itself will be corrupted? And if that's the case, how will government respond to competing cryptocurrencies like Cardano or Bitcoin or Ethereum that can't be controlled? How how do we distribute that amongst the population? Because right now we're really, really small. 
like really small, you know, probably like 0.1% less, you know, and yet still uh, Nigeria is one of the most populated um, uh, countries in Africa. So uh, is that something that needs to be pushed or does government need to push it in order to see adoption or is it going to be a niche for a while? I'd love to hear your opinions. I think you just outlined a, a conversation agenda for a whole season of podcasts right there. Look um, <laughs> at those things one at a time. Um, but I, I think it's worth dwelling on state police for a few more minutes. You know, um, can you just quickly explain what state pools are yeah, for our listeners? So, yeah. So Sydney was talking about how we own the network, right? And just to give a really quick history lesson. The Bitcoin network is owned by miners, right? People with powerful computers who can run really fast calculations to mine Bitcoins and sustain that source of truth. That's a vast oversimplification, but given our time, like that's, that's a starting point. And over time, as Bitcoin has become more, more valuable, uh, the calculations you need to run have gotten more and more computer intensive, right? They've, they've gotten more difficult. So it used to be that back when Tashoma was in college, you know, you could mine probably from your dorm room if you wanted to. However, since then, it's become more and more centralized. In opposition to that, what, what Cardano and other proof of stake networks are doing is allowing basically all of us to say, hey, we own this network. Instead of by running a powerful computer, we can own the network just by owning a stake in it and putting it somewhere. Now, where we put it is those stake pools, right? Like Proof of Africa, for example. And without going, there's people much better than I am at explaining kind of the science behind that, but nobody's ever done it better than Cardano is doing it right now. Um, and we should also mention that as of, as we record, we are just a few hours into the second epic of the mainnet, right? So mainnet went live last Wednesday. The first epic ended about three hours ago as we speak. Um, and, and we're just starting to see data about how much of the network is staked to pools. So lots of exciting stuff to look at there. But what's really important is that there's rewards for staking, right? And so when we talk about building ownership some form of self-governance, which is its own other topic on Cardano, which we can get to eventually. Stake pools generate revenue, right? And so Proof of Africa um, is gonna begin to generate revenue. And as stake owners, as stake pool operators, we have the option of deciding where that revenue goes, right? And I, I mean, and anybody who wants to just maximize their returns, I have no problem with you. However, I think all of us have this option of considering, is it worth it to consider how my stake is delegated and who it's generating revenue for, right? So, so Joshua, I think you, you are on the front end of a really important conversation about what, what role stake pools can play. And it's, it's really nice seeing within the Cardano community a growing mass of stake pools saying, hey, we pledge that a certain amount of our rewards are going to go to this cause or that cause, right? 
how are you guys thinking about like the responsibility of state pools within the network? Well, I mean, for me, when I heard about the idea of state pools and just naturally thinking about how this ecosystem would evolve, it seemed like a no brainer that, you know, at some point in the future, when it comes to deciding who you're going to stake with, you're going to stake with the, with, with the staking pools that share your values or, <clears throat> you know, have some type, some type of a social cause behind it because it's, it's an open field. Anyone can set up a staking pool. It's not like Bitcoin where you have to have a ton of equipment and, you know, a ton of resources in order to just be able to compete. Um, Cardano is an open field and it's built to stay that way over time, to become more decentralized over time. So with that in mind, it's like, well, I mean, if everyone's setting up staking pools and you can earn an interest with everyone, obviously it comes down to which staking pools are giving you the best rewards. But I think over time, that's just going to become marginal, right? I mean, 3.9% versus 4% is, mm-hmm. is marginal, right? So. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm looking out for staking pools like Proof of Africa that are using their staking rewards, staking operator rewards to go towards a cause that I believe in. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've read uh, Proof of Africa's proposal and how they're planning to um, uh, train developers in Nigeria to be able to build out these blockchain systems. And that's that's where my heart is. That's where I want to put my money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My question is, though, is how can we set this thing on fire? Like, how can we really get the ball mm-hmm. rolling mm-hmm. in that sense? Is is game theory enough? Is like, is is because I feel like education is a huge barrier. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure a few of my friends will probably be listening to this podcast and still be thinking, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" So it's like. That's a, it's, it's almost like profit and um, the desire to make money isn't enough in a sense because, you know, there's loads of ways to make money in this world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we just happen to fall into crypto and we kind of get it. A lot of people still don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I feel I'm, I'm worried about that, right? Because at the same time, we're seeing large financial institutions starting to warm up to crypto, mm-hmm. starting to warm up to Bitcoin especially. And, um, you know, I just I just don't want to see the movement get hijacked. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be decentralized and grassroots. I don't want to see mm-hmm. it come from the top down. I'd rather see it come from the, t- from the bottom up. So mm-hmm. I'd love I to hear your suggestions. Yeah, I think that's the nature of it. I, I think I think like the networks that have been built, that's the nature of it. It's a bottom up network. You can't hijack it, per se. I mean, you can you can um, I mean, just like anyone else, you can purchase tokens, um, cryptocurrencies, tokens, um, value, basically, because, I mean, we're, we're having this conversation right now, and I'm just thinking as we're having this conversation, and we're using phrases and terms that people have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, but it's important, because, like, we're early movers, right? So mm. we're, we, 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 we understand what's happening from a technology perspective, and that gives us an early, you know, mover advantage. So we mm-hmm. are going to prosper as a result of 
being able to get into these networks early. I still haven't done the math on this, um, but usually when I when I when I say this, people are like, uh, okay. But like, if you have purchased, you know, because people are not going to get the the technology. There's still 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 people that don't don't get like you know Windows or or you know your mm -hmm. your you know phone iOS or whatever. Um, but they do get money. They do get value. They do understand that they can use money and value to somehow improve their lot in life, you know, to somehow improve somebody else's lot in life because they can then put their ideas to work because they have resources uh, behind it. Um, but that I, I have to do the calculation so I can stop like throwing numbers out there. But if you have purchased like $5 worth of Bitcoin in 2010, it would be worth, you know, um, ten. Let's say just say tens of millions of dollars today, um, because the tokens were less than uh, less than one cent at that time. So um, uh, there was there was a huge appreciation um, in the value of Bitcoin. But the way that I see like the the ecosystem in general or what's happening is, I think a lot of people understand uh, uh, Uber. You know, um, so Uber was disrupted the taxi cab business. So this company comes in, you know, we used to drive taxi, you know, we used to, you know, get tax, uh, cabs to drive us around if we needed to go somewhere. Um, Uber came in and um, they disrupted that business. Mm -hmm. uh, have Airbnb, which is another disruptor of a major business, which is the hotel business. People used to go whenever they were traveling or vacation, whatever, whatnot, they would go to a hotel, uh, but now they can use Airbnb. Well, just like you were saying, Tashoma, um, uh, uh, th these these networks, these protocols, are are angling. Not only are they angle, they're just, they're going to disrupt a lot of industries. Um, but the 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 biggest industry that they're going to disrupt is um, is is the industry of finance, which are the which are the banks that we bank with, and um, you know the companies where we get our mortgages and where we get our credit cards. And, and even, even though these things have been essential to some degree for us progressing, being able to assume credit, take credit out, we, we've, been, we've been taken advantage of by, by the banks, like severely, you know, um, whether it's, um, you know, taking my money, my $100, um, paying me interest on my $100, which was less than a percent, you know, turning around and then loaning the hundred dollars that I put in the bank to you and then charging you 18%. And that's all profit that they're making, you know, just for taking my money and loaning it out. Or, um, or we had, you know, a major financial crisis in 2008 where you had these, and, and, you know, I, I get that not everybody gets into like this economic speak, but um, in everybody know that in 2008, we were in a recession. You know, there was something bad happening. We were losing lots and lots of jobs every month. And the reason that that happened is because, again, these financial institutions were playing fast and loose with our money. You know, they were building these products and packaging them together as investments and um, um, basically on the top of these uh, mortgages. And when people couldn't pay the mortgages on these um, on these. Uh, 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 the, these mortgages that people got, they, they couldn't pay them, then that, that made kind of the whole system unravel. And then as a result, things started to go down and then the government had to come in and pump a lot of money into the economy um, in order to get the economy, you know, at least to a place where we wouldn't, you know, continue, continue into a depression. And then now we have the pandemic. 
And in a sense, the same thing is happening. And all of the folks in the U.S., um, I get that the United States dollar is the reserve currency. And at the same time, whether it's the reserve currency or not, we are devaluing the currency by printing more money. Mm-hmm. And what that means to the average person is that, you know, bread costs you, you know, a dollar and fifty cents today. It will cost you four cents, uh, four dollars tomorrow, because we've devalued the bread itself. Isn't becoming more expensive. It still takes the same amount amount of effort to to bake the bread. You know, the process of baking the bread hasn't changed. What's changed is the money that you use in order to buy the bread hasn't doesn't have the same value anymore. So it used to only take one of those dollars. Now it's going to take four of those dollars. So these blockchain networks are now starting to uh, disrupt that practice of of um, you know those in the financial system again, playing fast and loose with our money, not really helping us understand the choices that they're making and how they're going to impact us or impact our kids in the future. And it's going to bring a lot more trust, a lot more transparency. And it's just going to, in a sense, make the world work a lot better. So um, for I think in, in general, for people that are new to blockchain, um, you don't have to understand exactly what blockchain is. Because most of the people that I know, I know in my neighborhood, they don't understand how a motor works in a car, but yet still they know how to get in, turn the key and drive it where they need to go. And um, I think just what's important is to be open to the technology, to explore it a little bit more. If you know someone who's introduced you to it or definitely anybody here, if you had any questions, you know, we'd be willing to, um, uh, you know, answer any of those questions. But the short of it is it's an opportunity. Um, and I, I want to say one more thing before before I um, before I be quiet here. Um, one thing I learned um, early on is that it's not smart people and hard workers that make a lot of money. Smart mm-hmm. people and hard workers can make a lot of money. The people who make the most amount of money are the people who recognize a wave and get in front of it. You know, it that, that doesn't that you know whether it was investing in Google or mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. If you see the future coming and you get in front of it, you're going to be lifted up like everybody else. And right now, um, uh, blockchain, cryptocurrency, that's the future. The dollar, most people don't have dollars in their wallet. The, the dollar is going away, and this is the future. And if you get in front of it, you're going to benefit from, from getting in front of it and be able to, you know, uh, you know just appreciate the, the, the value that you kind of put into the ecosystem. So how do we get how do we get the community in front of it then? Suggestions, guys. <laughs> I just talked for like twenty minutes. Yeah. So no, I'm, all right, because I right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spit straight. I'm gonna sh- sorry shoot straight. All right. Um, I mean, can you say a little bit about what you've been working on. I mean, you've yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, uh, I'm working on a project called DeFi Babylon. Um, it's a play on words, decentralized finance and Babylon. Um, it comes from uh, a Bob Marley so- song, um, the Babylon system um, is the vampire sucking the children day by day. I think he knew what he was talking about. I'm pretty sure he was talking about the financial system. Um, but what really kind of drew me to this, because you know, before I was into, uh, into Bitcoin and blockchain, I was really into... Um, uh, stuff like uh, positive money and um, 
sound economics and um, the idea of having a economic sovereignty, right? And um, you know, if you if you look at say the history of oppression that has happened to African people and how much is profited um, the oppressors and how it's contributed towards our current financial system. Um, I, I beg anyone listening to this to just uh, research the 1619 project. Um, it was funded by, I think it was the New York Times or Financial Times. And they go into a lot of detail um, explaining how uh, modern institutions we have like now, like JP Morgan, um, Bank of America, basically the financial institutions that run the world, um, they all basically got their head start by um, enslaving people and selling them in the markets as, as bonds. And that's, that's essentially how we get the terms bonds and stocks and bonds so i mean for me it was very personal you know i i could i i mean the 08 crash happened when i was just going to university and so i was like right in the thick of it and i was like learning all everything i could about how our economy works how our monetary system works and um i became a bit of a gold bug i started off in precious metals like silver and gold and i was like yeah <laughs> you know screw fiat currency i just want to get away from it um but the, the problem is those assets are already dominated. They've already been, um, it's, it's quite hard to like jump in and really uh, make a huge impact in a market that's so big and so established already. So cryptocurrency appealed to me in that sense where it was like, okay, well, the money you can make from cryptocurrency compared to stocks or precious metals is wild. <clears throat> and then on top of that, it's decentralized. It's not controlled by any one entity. Um, whereas with gold and silver, you don't know what these mining companies are doing. Um, you, you don't know if there's any insider trading happening or, you know, so um, the reason why I created DeFi Babylon was because I, I saw that there was um, a huge disparity in wealth, um, especially amongst uh, African people or Afro-descendants. And I figured if we really want to see um, equality or, you know, something that resembles equality, you kind of really have to get down to the, the basis, like the economics, like, and um, how can we inject wealth back into these communities that have been oppressed for so long? That's the main question. And, um, you know, I think it starts with education, and that's that's why I created DeFi Babylon because you know, I, I I've I've been privileged enough to have the time to educate myself about economics, and I know other people aren't as interested, and they probably don't see how important it is. Um, if if we want to get past the stage of where we're at now and where we where we've been for the past century, where it's like, you know, um, police brutality, oppression. Um, bad crime, um, you know, poor communities. How do we fix these problems? And, um, you know, I was really happy to uh, come across, what was his name? I forgot, I forgot his name, but this other guy, yeah. he wrote a book on uh, Bit, uh, Bitcoin and the black movement. And then I saw, uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 I do. I know the book you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot his name, but we'll mention it. Um, 
And yeah, that just kind of confirmed for me that, yeah, this is relevant, especially to African people. Um, so, uh, yeah. Isaiah and Jackson. Then, what's, what's his name? Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, my brother. Yeah, future guest here. We got to Oh, I'd love to get him on. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, and then, and then, so, I mean, these were ideas I've had, you know, for the past like, number of years, like, just kind of brewing up in my head but there's always been like a, a technical barrier to jump over like I'm telling people to buy cryptocurrency and they're like, huh? <laughs> like magic money like why would I do that it's so volatile you know it's risky it's I mean <clears throat> so education is like a huge thing and with DeFi Babylon what we're doing is we're starting with the financial history and you know we're showing how uh, you know these financial systems have been used for oppression and how cryptocurrency is here to basically change that and how we can start to become sovereign citizens, owning our own money and being able to uh, direct our money into our communities without the help of anyone else. And um, I think that's like a, a huge task to take on, which is why I ended up in this, in this podcast with you all, because I was looking for other people who kind of shared those views. And I was so happy to see Joshua um, with his proof of Africa because it kind of just validated everything I believed in. So, but yeah, going back to the question, I mean, how do we get over this education barrier? Because um, is it is it a case of uh, we have to wait until the technology becomes uh, you know easy enough for everyone to understand, or is there something yeah. we can do now? I'm thinking that there's probably something that we can do now. I, I think, you know, what I think about are the relationships because there's a lot of, you know, folks in, in the U.S. that have, 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 you know, they're successful. You know, they, they, they you know, they, they've, um, you know, been able to earn a good amount of money um, with their uh, uh, jobs and careers or investments inside the U.S. or even abroad, you know. Um, and I think helping to... Um, you know, hel helping them to understand what's happening um, might be a way to to generate like some kind of investment because, like, if they knew what Joshua was doing, I, I just I just have to believe the people that I know that if they knew what Joshua was doing, they would invest. They might mm -hmm. not on their own go buy Cardano or any other cryptocurrency for that matter, but if they knew that they were um, helping to build um uh you know or helping you know uh uh you know proof of africa to uh, uh you know generate resources that would then be used to build the community um I, I have to believe that they would want to invest in in something like that and and it's not just it's not a um it's not like a bleeding heart thing <laughs> there's a lot of money in this i mean seriously i mean you know there, there's like the money is just <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. People don't people don't believe you when you talk about it because it's just yeah. Like, it sounds... I I think it's interesting to go past the potential for appreciation, and, and I think all four of us are aligned that, mm. that Cardano is going to appreciate, yes. crypto in general is going to appreciate, but it's more than that, isn't it? it it's it's yeah. even even once it reaches a stable price where its price better reflects the value that the four of us for example see in it it still has 
a revolutionary potential. Yeah. Even, even once you get past that initial wave that Sydney's talking about, for example, right? So one thing I always think of is, listen, fine, let's, let's, let's make a little money on this investment right now. But someday soon, when ADA is worth what we think it should be, and it, and it stops right around there, we're still going to be setting up stake pools and we're still going to be giving anybody who wants to learn how to do it a chance to build a node in the network and to propagate the network and essentially to collect transaction fees again to oversimplify mm -hmm. if you think about the small slice off the top of the economy that say that payment processors make. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, Western Union is the is the criminal example. Right? <laughs> We've talked about them before, but, uh, but but you don't have to charge whatever percentage Western mm -hmm. Union does. Taking a taking a little sliver off of every little transaction like Visa and Mastercard do. Same thing by operating stake pools, we're keeping that within whatever community we want to keep it in by being advocates for decentralized finance, we're keeping within communities lending and saving, mm -hmm. right? So we, we have these new opportunities mm -hmm. and who can answer the fastest? How many ADA do you need to stake in the network, right? Just, you need no, one ADA. One. Is it just one, yeah? yeah you need yeah. one. Yeah. That costs 13 cents. <clears throat> for 13 cents, you could have an important stake in this network. That's incredible. That's that's life changing, right? And whatever whatever amount you can dive in. So I agree. There's this education piece, and to show we need to do a whole series of episodes around terms like quantitative easing. Mm -hmm. Such well, a good job sharing. You know, that's that term is about as well understood as Bitcoin, right? Yeah. <laughs> People might have read it in the newspaper, but what does that term mean? What does it mean for me in my day to day life, right? Mm. So by by you're you're kind of telling this story about why we need these things, what problems we're fixing, and then let's also look at let's look way beyond mm. the the gains we we may or may not make over the next few years into hey, what is this changing right? So I want to put everybody on the spot because <laughs> nobody really likes to talk about this. Uh -huh. Oh, you want to? Um, so, um, James, you said 13 cents right now, 13, 14 ish bouncing around there. Um, so that's so the, that, uh, the cost of one token now. Okay. So, um, from everybody here, um, what, what, where, where do you think the cost of one token of ADA will be when it stabilizes. So there's no such thing as a stable cryptocurrency at this point right now, right? Un unless you're talking about stable coins. That's the only thing that's stable. Everything else is is appreciating for the most part. Um, so I'm curious to know. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not in this for a, a get rich quick kind of thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm in this for social change personally. And, um, and uh, and at the same time, I heard this from um, from more than one investor. Um, they said that you could have an idea and no money in your pocket, and that idea will go nowhere. <laughs> and you can have a whole bunch of money in your pocket, and every time you say something, 
people will think it's the gospel. And we know this now. I mean, look at look at Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, he just says anything and all of a sudden it's the gospel or Elon Musk or all of these folks that have lots of money. You know, it, they they have the ability. Bill Gates, I mean, with his, you know, his his foundation and, and, and you know, his his um, uh, uh, focus on, you know, vaccines and, you know, help, helping people out that way. Um, so it's important that you have money because I learned this, that money extends your ideas. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so your, your, your idea might be held, you know, here close, um, or it might be an idea that you have the ability to um, get out into your community. Um, it might be an idea that you have the ability to get out into your city, to your state, you know, you know, or even nationally, um, although each one of those levels requires a certain amount of money for the most part in order to sustain the idea that you have to push forward. So, you know, I, I ask you that question not to not to get people all up on like, oh, my God, I'm about to get rich. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but he, here we are, all, all, all four of us. Who have said that we've been in this um, this you know ecosystem for let's you know at least what three years three three and a half years whatever um, so we've seen a lot going on in the ecosystem um, so just you know you just throw a number because whatever number we throw out there you know it, we, it should, uh, we should does any has anybody memorized Philippe's line from the beginning of Cardano effect this is this is not financial advice in any case <laughs> yes. yeah. Guys, this is not financial advice. <laughs> but it is, but it is it, as a way of talking about value. I, yeah. I don't know where you're coming from. So. All right. So, so, uh, all right. So, I remember, I, I remember when Ethereum was like ten dollars, and I thought I was like the smartest person in my in my friendship group. I was like, fuck it now. Like, you know, I bought I bought at thirty cents, and it went to ten dollars. That's like trade of a century, right? Right. The thing is, though, I shouldn't have traded it. I should have just held it, right? Mm. Because now the price of Ethereum is sitting at $300. And we just need to, like, I mean, if we're looking at the potential of Cardano and, you know, the price it could be, all right, so it's just reached its decentralized mainnet as of this week, essentially. It's just launched. This is, like, early, early, early stages. It's sitting at 13 cents. <clears throat> we know in the technology landscape, you see titans rise and fall, you know? I mean, and, you know, it's, it's so easy for people who made money off Ethereum to feel like it's just going to stay around forever, and maybe it will. But to think that there isn't space for a second Ethereum or a competitor is just ludicrous, right? Now... Right now, we're at 13 cents. Personally, I can see Cardano hitting $6 within the next five years. Confident. I, I can confidently say that. I, I'm, I, and I, well, touch wood, but I think it will hit $6 in the next five years. I think the all-time high will be higher than that. Mm -hmm. Once we start seeing uh, uh, applications being built on it mm -hmm. and some real adoption, um, because this this whole community is all about the pump. So when they see stuff going up, I mean, it usually goes up 100% and it falls 80%, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
But I think, yeah, I think $6 would be uh, a good average price within five years. Oh, I have to say something. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, for me, uh, obviously, we can't really tell where this thing will be anytime. But, you know, uh, everybody have their own, you know, like you guys said, uh, uh, their own um, belief on where, where the coin should be. And we all understand that uh, Cardano is very, very undervalued right now mm. compared to its potential. So, um, well, I don't see Cardano reaching, um, so I'm going to use like five year, uh, you know, period, just like, you know, Sashoma, because I don't want to, <laughs> but obviously everything I say here is, uh, it's, it's just speculation at best, and you shouldn't take this exactly. as any advice, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Cardano is somewhere at, you know, around five to $10 in five years because that's just i mean we are we are very very early mm -hmm. and we know that i mean from like you've been here for like two to three years now you know the kind of potential this this cryptocurrency holds so you know there'll be we the kind of adoption that we expect to happen especially like in a developing world and also institutional institutions coming in uh, there's going to be a price bump for sure mm -hmm. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. inevitable. This is gonna be a price bump, but uh, I won't be surprised. Like I said, uh, I can give you like a concrete answer. But you know, mm -hmm. if Cardano hits ten dollars in like five years time, then for sure we know it's worth it. It's not like it's it's worth it. Okay, um, <clears throat> uh, James, Sydney, just like quick, quick numbers, like quick. quick. Uh, so I I'm not gonna answer the question, but you're I not gonna answer. I am gonna say. We talked about this a few weeks ago, Kashama. Like, yeah, more than I think about the value of one token, I mm -hmm. think about how I've come to see the total existing supply of ADA tokens. And I remember in 2017 seeing that number 31 or 32 billion tokens, with eventually 45 billion of them created. Mm. How big those numbers felt back then. Those numbers just don't feel big anymore. No, not at all. That, yeah. that, that feels like, given what's about to happen in the next few months, and mm -hmm. again, for people maybe coming to this for the first time, Cardano's about to release smart contracts for the first time, which has been done before. But given the research that's going into this, it's likely to be better than it's done before, right? Mm -hmm. we, you know, and and we've, we've had the ability to start playing with it we haven't seen it in action, so we don't know for sure. And then they're going to release on-chain governance when the Voltaire era starts, right? We've never seen that before. So you have money with smart contracts and governance baked into it. And it's all part of the same ecosystem. So what's that right. worth? Is, is, is 45 billion of them enough for everybody in the world to have a little stake in that, all right? And so, and then you can extrapolate from there. And the other thing I'll say in talking about price speculation, Kashoma, I'd rather have video equipment than a couple of Ethereum tokens, right? So it's all, yeah. it's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only reason. Hindsight is a beautiful thing, okay? I'm saying that, listen, at every step of the way, 
Absolutely. If you make a little bit of profit, think about think about the what is the value of that to you? Exactly. Right? And if it allows if it allows a friend or a loved one to do something important, mm-hmm. always take that as you know. Oh yeah. Make sure to judge that with the value it's worth too. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Oh, I'm sorry if I come across bitter, guys. No, 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 I'm not bitter. I'm actually really excited. I said a hell of a I remember as a teacher's room in 2011 having art teacher, and she knows she knows who she is. Um, but she was talking about, hey, my husband's mining Bitcoin. I was like, that's crazy. She's like, you want some? I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Don't want any of that crap. What is that? What am I going to do with it? I I don't know how to do it. Oh, man. Right. Right. Um, So my, my, um, and again, this is not financial advice. Pay attention though. You know, it's not about, it's not financial advice. Don't, so what I'll say is pay attention, number one. And number two, only invest what you're willing to lose, you know, and people that find us will be interested in new technology and interested in investing because people that are not into that won't happen upon this video. It's unlikely that they'll happen upon this Mm. video because they're not looking Mm. for it. Um, What I would say is um, I think like the tokenomics are important, James, you know, like you say, the number of circulating supply, all of that's going to, um, uh, you know, play into what the value of it is. And then at the same time, even though there's a circulating supply, I mean, there's a, based on what we've seen, there's a lot of people staking this circulating supply, which means that there won't actually be tokens available for, for, for movement. They'll be kind of stuck in the, in the network in a sense. Um, so my, my numbers are a lot higher, you know, I mean, um, um, I, I personally believe that uh, Cardano will go wherever Ethereum has gone. You know, so I, I, I see I see it. I see it that way because I see what's happening in the e- Ethereum ecosystem. And, you know, right now, Ethereum is 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 working very hard and very, very diligently. And those guys over there are absolutely brilliant. And without a doubt, Vitalik Buterin is one of my favorite people on the planet. I love that. He's brilliant. He's just a walking brain. Um, and at the same time, the way that they're approaching their pro- project is a lot different than the way that Cardano has approached their project. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've already solved for a lot of the problems that are going to happen. You know what I mean? And Ethereum is, is um, there. They have a lot of very smart people in the ecosystem that are, that are building upon the, um, uh, the network. Um, but number one, they're not using formal methods necessary. So these things aren't being proved before they're being made, made available to people, you know, on the network, you know, and as a result, people have lost their money in the past. And I know that a lot of those holes have been plugged up, but there are a bunch of hackers out there right now as we speak, looking to take down every network <laughs> and take mm. money out of every network. And I just think that the way that Cardano built their network is they plan for those type of things, not to mention with, you know, these technologies that they have that will be coming up, not to mention that the more um, stake pools that come online, the more decentralized the network will become. Um, They're already at what, like a thousand transactions per second or something like that, or somewhere around in there, I think, um, with just the base protocol 
And then when they have these these Hydra heads on top of each node, that that's going to extend each node that has the the Hydra protocol will extend um, the network by a thousand or the transfer transactions per second by a thousand. So I mean orders of a ma magnitude of transactions. And all that means is that it doesn't matter if you're building a video game. It doesn't matter if you're you know doing you know driverless cars. It doesn't matter if you're doing a voting system for the government the protocol will be able to handle it as far as the number of people that can interact with the protocol at one time. So <clears throat> I think about it that way. When I look at, uh, you know, like core market cap, and, I, and I, I mean this sincerely, and I think all of the projects out there are remarkable. When I look at coin market cap and all of the projects that are, ahead, you know, that are ahead of, of uh, Cardano, mm. I just don't see any of them that have built their protocol out that way. And, and, ha and, and that have the ability to do what Car Cardano can do today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Not to mention that it's going to continue to grow. So I do. I, I believe that wherever Ethereum has gone, I do believe that once, you know, DeFi gets on there and they have all of these applications, not to mention the interoperability. So by, and I don't know how fast this stuff is going to come out, but Charles is already talking about like by the end of the year, that we're going to be interoperable with Ethereum. So what happens at that point when you can, when all of the projects on Ethereum are now running on Cardano without having to move their project over to the base protocol? You know what I mean? So, so the 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 value of the the, the protocol, in my opinion, is just going to uh, shoot up. So um, I won't put a number on it, but I will say wherever Ethereum has gone, I I believe that Cardano will go. All right, so we seem to have an average of around five to six dollars out of two suggestions that were given. <laughs> um, what I'm really excited about, though, is even if you just take that small number, and I'm with you, Sydney, I reckon it will go wherever Ethereum goes. I just don't want to lose my listeners. <laughs> my <quote. laughs> right, that's why, I that's why I didn't give a price. <laughs> yeah, look that one up I don't, I don't want to lose the <laughs> listeners, yeah, but I'm, I mean, all right, even if you just take five dollars, right? What's the maximum, um, what's the saturation point for a staking pool? I forgot what it is. It was, I think it was like 200 million or so. 200 million. Right. Right. Okay. So even if, even if a pool reaches half saturation, right? So it's like 100 million. Right. That pool is going to be holding. 400 million, 500 million, if, if the price of Cardano is $5, well, 500 million. Fair, I mean, as the, as the token value appreciates, the K value is going to go up as well, right? right. So the, the greater the token is worth, the more pools we're going to want. And so the saturation point decreases. Right. But even right now, even right now, imagine half of the saturation point, you're controlling $13 million in stake. And then the rewards you're earning from that as well. Five percent of that. And then you think about, you know, if, if you get into the realm of social staking pools, just how much impact that they'll be able to make in their communities if they're able to take that money and put it towards good causes. I mean, that's something that will change the world because mm -hmm. now we're not just waiting on five major banks, you know, to, to invest. We mm -hmm. have thousands of community bank basically community banks run by people like us, you know, the community, by and the I community. Think, yeah. To your point, Tishoma, I, and then like the governance model, you know, because 
it's not just Tashoma saying, hey, I got this stake pool and we're going to do this thing for the community. The community gets to participate in that decision. You know, so if they have a stake, you know, in the decision itself, then they're, they're going to be looking towards the success of whatever it is that, you know, is being invested in in the community. So, yeah, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of upside, that's for sure. And, and some of this stuff is not without precedent, right? So I mean, cooperative-owned businesses and community banks have, have existed, mm -hmm. right? These are, these are things that some people in some communities have access to. Um, but to be clear for people who, who might be digesting some of this for the first time, right? We're able to say, look, A, whatever stake you have, you can delegate it to a pool you and that pool are going to earn a return on that and governance is built in right mm -hmm. how many of us have a vote in who our banks lend to right if we're lucky enough to have money in the bank in the first place mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. you don't have any say in what they do with mm -hmm. it now you're going to be able to say look as part of this pool's operation we can ask everybody who's staked here what are we going to do with with this week or this year's or this month's rewards? Mm -hmm. How are we going to apply them to the problems that are that are important to us? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if I have five dollars in my pocket right now, how how do I get Ada? What what would you suggest that I do if I have a five dollar bill in my pocket right now and I want some Ada? It's like five dollars cash, like physical cash. cash? Physical cash. <clears throat> well, I'd suggest that you go on to localbitcoins.com. Uh, on localbitcoins.com, you can arrange to meet someone in person and exchange that $5 cash for $5 worth of Bitcoin. So is that risky or is that? Well, um, the Bitcoin... It's only risky for the person selling the Bitcoin, I guess, because you have the cash in your pocket and then they're relying on you to actually make the transaction. But the Bitcoin on their side, it would be held in a smart contract, um, in, in, a, in a contract, which they have to confirm that they've received the money in order for it to be released to you. Mm. Once you have that Bitcoin, you can just go onto a website like uh, CoinSwap and just exchange your Bitcoin for Cardano and just hold your Cardano. It's, know, think... it's, still, not, it's still not like a, a clean process. Mm -hmm. I wish you could just cool. go into a shop and buy Cardano. Joshua, what are you telling folks in your community? So for, for cash, people holding yeah. cash? Yeah. Okay, well, um, if you're in Lagos, you can buy just like how you buy a recharge card like you know to recharge your phone for like call credit you can actually uh search for like uh yellow card uh bitcoin merchant and you can just go to their store and just buy bitcoin with your cash and then open you can create the yellow card account and then you can just recharge that and you get bitcoin from then you can just transfer it to your binance account and uh, you know trade it for ada and move it to your royal wallet and, and you can take from there uh, 
Uh, that's actually a difficult question, man, because I hardly hold cash nowadays. That's that's the crazy thing. It's like most yeah. my most of my money is digital, right? So mm-hmm. if you was to ask me, okay, if, if you had five dollars in your bank account, I'd just be like, hey, download the Cash App, um, buy Bitcoin through the Cash App, and then go to simpleswap.io and exchange the Bitcoin for Cardano. Do you think that we could put together a you know look to see kind of the easiest path to Cardano? and put together a little quick like tutorial or you know some kind of document where you know people who had money maybe maybe you know if you have money in a bank account or you know venmo or paypal or some of these uh, apps that people can hold value in how they might be able to to participate in the cardano uh economy yeah, I think that's completely necessary. Um, we should probably do one for every country on the planet. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, I don't see any exchange in Africa actually uh, listing Cardano, which is really strange. And I feel, mm-hmm. I think like, you know, the Cardano Foundation should actually look into that. If you really want to onboard people, you need to start listing. It needs to be visible. I, I think... Know, like, okay. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think this is what... Proof of Africa should be thinking about. Yeah, hey, <laughs> add, that, add that to that document, buddy. Like that, why, are, why are we training developers? Well, one thing they might be able to do is start a decentralized exchange. Absolutely. Oh, man, look at that. <laughs> I think that would be a remarkable project. That's at this really important question, right? Like, yeah. The point is, it's still not easy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. anybody and I think all four of us are, are nerds. We know how to navigate mm-hmm. a computer. We we are willing to put in the work mm-hmm. of getting it. The message right now is look, someday soon it is gonna be easier to mm-hmm. get your hands on this and just follow the dominoes. When it's easier, it's gonna be more valuable because more mm-hmm. people are gonna be able to, to, to buy it. Right. Exactly. So for anybody who's kind of curious right now, mm-hmm. just know that one of the rewards for learning how to do this now is you might you might beat the crowd a little bit, right? Right. So any if we would love to help people, I think that's a great education goal is to be able to say, hey, what's the easiest way to do this in each place? Um, six months or a year from now, it's going to be easier than it is right now. Right. 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 And and hopefully, like the videos that we, we we're doing now, and that we'll be doing in the future, that we'll draw in some some folks that you know want to follow what it is that we're talking about. Uh, I'm definitely going to you know send this out to some friends, and if they have time to take a look at it, um, I would you know like to help them be early adopters <clears throat> because um, I I do believe that it's if if we were living in a world that was I guess more flat, then maybe the conversation about money wouldn't be what it is today, but there are people who are struggling to eat. You know, there are people who will lose their homes in the next three months. You know, there are people who, um, you know, who have, you know, through this, this COVID crisis has lost their vision for the future. You know, they've lost their soul at some level, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it, it's, it's valuable that we help people to, understand that a new day is coming and it's it's different than you know because this whole this COVID crisis no no but you 
it, it's it's a, it's a virus, whatever it is, it's a contagion, you know, and it's it's infecting people and people are being hurt by it. Um, that's not to say that the way that leadership handled this was the best way. So the virus is what it is. The way that leadership handled it, in my opinion, has exacerbated the problem. Um, and now we have this confusion about what our future looks like. And the biggest part of the confusion, and this is where they're kind of bouncing back and forth right now, is an economic issue. Because, and I just want to say this really quick, because I have a 10-year-old daughter, and, and I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I, um, I sell financial products to teachers. And I'm on the phone with several teachers every day. They are so like, what is going on? My I'm on a call with the day. My husband, I'm, I think I'm okay, but my husband has compromised health. I'm afraid to go into school because if I if I catch the the um the disease and I come back home, I may be you know compromising my husband's health. Mm. You know, so <clears throat> so it's it's a it's a it's a real it's a real problem, and people are like trying to retire early, and you know, and, and these are people that really are the foundation of this planet. I, you know, shout out to James and what he does because I love teachers. You know, teachers are you know they're they're um, they're just so valuable. Um, but at 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 any rate, you know, um, part of this is a natural occurrence, and part of it is um, is an issue with leadership. And we should have more power in deciding our leadership. And I think that this. Cardano, along with all the other projects in the ecosystem, are just leveraging the playing field a little bit more so that there's a true democracy occurring as opposed to, you know, democracy by name, but not really being able <clears throat> to impact uh, the people that we, we allow to take us into the future. All right. Yo, I think that's a great note to end this podcast on. I think... Um, Moving into the next podcast, I'd like to explore whether decentralization is enough to fix the disparity in wealth that we see on the planet. Because I don't, let's not go into this. However, it, we can see that there's a technocrat elite. You know, we're all very technical. We kind of get it, you know. We'll probably profit five years from now, but that doesn't mean it's going to fix the disparity in wealth. So I'd love to explore that further in the next episode, guys. Thank you so much for putting this together, James, Sydney, Joshua. So happy to have met you all. Likewise, <laughs> man. Yeah, thank you for everything for coming. Thank you for hosting this, and yeah. Looking forward to doing it again. Boom. Thank you. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. Oh, my God.